0: You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. All right. When I was sharing with you about righteousness, there are certain things that were said. And I'd like to um, explain a few things to you. I wanted to leave this convention. With the right information. Amen. Did you hear me? Um, Let's look at Psalm 23 verse 1. Alright. So I'm going to read from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Keep going. He maketh me to lie down. In green pastures. He leaded me beside the still waters. Verse 3. He restored my soul. Now I want us to read verse 3 together because let's read together. I want to go. He restored my soul. He leaded me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Pause. Let's read verse 3 again. He restored my soul. He leaded me in the path. Of righteousness for his namesake. Ever say the path of righteousness. Now, God will only lead you to a place or through a place that is of benefit to you. Amen. So the psalmist understood that God will lead him in the path of righteousness. And is leading him in the path of righteousness for his namesake. What is it about the path of righteousness? What is on the path? Or what can someone find in the path of righteousness? Why did he have to be led in the path of righteousness? In Proverbs 8, maybe read verse 11 and 12. um, I'll just speak. There's a verse of scripture. Go to 12. uh, Let me... Thank you. That's not what I'm looking for. Oh, glory to God. Thank you. 21. 20 and 21. Thank you. It says, read with me. I lead. Where? In the way of righteousness. Did you see that? In the midst of the path of judgment. So he's saying the same thing. Now, what will happen when I lead? Follow me. Don't lead me. Follow me. The first one will be this way. Follow me. Amen. Let's read together. Again. I want to go. I lead in the way of righteousness. In the midst of the path of judgment. That I lead. Verse 21. The benefit of it. It says that I may cause those... That love me to do what? To inherit substance. And I will fill their treasuries. That means on the path of righteousness, you will inherit substance. On the path of righteousness, you will be filled. Your treasuries will be filled. That's why it's leading you in the path of righteousness. Are you listening to me? You will inherit substance. Now, you know, there's a language in the Bible that talks about inheriting the wind. It means that, you know, you don't actually have anything. But now the Jesus says you will inherit substance, something you can use, something you can handle. Praise God. I'm talking about righteousness. Follow me. Now, first of all, in Hebrews chapter five, from verse twelve to about fourteen, let's look at it. He said something very, very important that everyone should give attention to. Listen to these scriptures very well. It said, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers. That means that, when it says for the time, it means that, based on how long you've been saved, there are certain expectations. You can't be born again for ten years, and you still don't know how, you don't know your scriptures, you don't know your rights in Christ. You know, then something is not right. So he said, for when, for the time, you ought to be teachers. We're supposed to be depending on you to help others, to disciple others. He now says, but you have needs that won't teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. That means you were taught before, but you need to be taught again. Listen. If you didn't get it, please submit to be caught again. Did you hear me? Let me tell your neighbor, say, if you didn't get it, submit to be caught again. Glory to God. If you, listen, if you didn't get it, you didn't get it. I was, I was sharing some things with some key people around me, persons that was there, and I said, hey, you see, this thing, this message, this thing we're talking about, is either you got it or you didn't get it? And I was explaining that, when when someone gets it, you will know. Praise God, you will know, you will know. I've said that testimony several times. Of I've been born again. See the Holy Ghost. I grew up around the power of God. My parents are ministers. Amen. I grew up hearing testimonies, miracles, signs, wonders. That's how I grew up. I already knew that faith produces results. Produces results. I grew up that, that way. But you know something. I wanted to know Jesus for myself. Amen. Glory to God. I wanted to know this Jesus for myself. I wanted to know the Holy Spirit for myself. So I've been born again, doing ministry. I was a student university on campus, serving the Lord with all my heart. Then I was spending some time praying. What was I praying for? I will read the Google Schwartz books. I was raised around Kennehagen books. Kent, E. Higgins' books were all over my house because my father had those materials. Copeland, Higgins. So I read all of them. I was raised reading. So I read all of them. But you know something? Anytime I read those things, I felt that there was something that I was not experiencing in my life yet. Amen. Listen to what I'm saying. I was born again. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I had seen people healed. At that time in my life I see lumps disappear in my hands. Are you understanding me? Mean? I was not ordained as a pastor. As a brother. But I knew there was something I was looking for. So it led me to pray and fast. Praise the Lord. Okay? It led me to pray and fast. When the Bible says "Seek ye first the kingdom then it says and his righteousness then it says all other things. That means that See, if you, you come into the kingdom and don't understand his righteousness, see, all other things will not be added. Amen. Are you understanding me? See, see he fixed the kingdom and his righteousness. I'm quoting Matthew six thirty three, and all other things will be added unto you. Alright. The same scripture said, Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. I saying, I'm quoting Hebrews five um, Matthew five six. Bless," he said, "As they who hunger and thirst after what, he said, for they i be filled. That's what I was sharing. So I was praying, because I read those books, and I was like, man, there's something more. There's something else. And then, in the midst of that prayer time, I still remember the dates up to today. I said the the day, that particular day, I spent the whole day praying. I'm not talking about the day God called me to ministry. This was before then. Okay, sorry, this was after then. And then I was praying, and in the natural, I felt like I spent enough time. i spent enough time. Now let me explain what I'm saying. You know, there's a way believers pray, and some believers only pray to, um, how do I say this without, um, hitting or something? Some believers only know how to pray and hit a note of victory. This is how we were taught to pray. We we're taught to pray until you are full of the Spirit again. That's different. Are you understanding me? So you can hit a note of victory, but you were not full of the Spirit. Amen. Are you listening to me? Okay. That's another talk for another day. Now I was I I've hit seven notes of victory. Are you understanding me? So in that way I can say I'm fulfilled. But as I was about to stop, it was just a little note. It's something I would have been able to ignore. It's something i I would have been able to resist. Just stay a little longer. Just stay a little longer. So I spent a little time extra. And it was just suddenly, I just, in the still, slipped into a pool. I I, I don't know what to call it. A mighty rushing, you know. I I just saw the power of God. When I saw it, I knew. I said, This is it. This is what the Tugosot was talking about. Amen. Now, when I came out of that experience, I didn't go and announce to everybody, oh, this happened to me. I didn't tell it. I told the story many years later. But everybody that met me knew that something had happened to me. That's how you will leave this convention. Amen. Are you listening to me? You know, I, I recently I'm having a problem with believers shouting, I've taken over. I think we have taking over. We will know. Amen. Now, I'm not backing your confession. Are you understanding me? But I'm trying to make you understand. Don't make life of the things of the Spirit. Are you listening to me? They are real. They are real. Amen. They are real. They are real. Don't make it look like a mockery. People look and say, that one too is talking. Are you understanding me? Because they are real. I came that April the 3rd of that year. I had a meeting. I was speaking in. Privilege to speaking. I didn't tell anybody what happened to me. I just came for the meeting. I'm supposed to be the first speaker. And then there will be a second speaker. Who was my leader. The second speaker. And I came up. And the power of God met us. It had ne- In the history of that ministry. It had never happened. I didn't tell them what happened to me. But after the meeting, people came to ask, what happened? That's the kind of manifestation that we want to see in your life after convention. Amen. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, this is for somebody. This is for somebody. What I'm trying to share with you is that these things are real. Amen. If you have it, you have it. If you got it, you got it. I was listening to a tape, an audio tape, I mean cassette, many years ago. It was my father's own. It was a tape preached in 1981, either 81 or 83. Dr. Frederick Casey Price, and the title of the message is "Are You in Faith?" That's the title of the message. If you come to my house, the things you will see that are not my own, that my father's own, are tapes and books. Amen. And I'm not returning them. Amen. Are you in faith? So, in that message, I heard this message many years ago. I was listening to it. It's unique to, to me because the message started by Dr. Fred Christy Price. his Price is in his 80s now. He started the message by reading a letter A letter a sister in church had written to him. And the sister had a growth. So, I can't remember, I think what body was in the breast. She had a growth. And she was trying to ask the pastor whether she should go for the surgery or she should stay in faith. Because the, the, the growth is getting bigger. So he read out the letter without reading out the sister's name. He read out the letter in church. And then he started using that to teach the church. And oh, what a blessing that was to me. He explained, I think he wrote the book later, after, after a while, talking about the difference between faith and presumption. Amen? Are we together? Alright? So, and what I learned from it was that, listen, if you are in faith, it produces results. If there was no result, it was not faith. Amen. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, can someone assume that he says yes? You have, it didn't start with you. Even in the time of Jesus, when at least you know the story of where Jesus went up the mountain. He took James, Peter, James, and John, and went up and had the transfiguration. While they were up. A man had a son that was epileptic. You know the story. The man brought his son to the disciples. Actually, he was bringing him to Jesus, but Jesus was not available. So he brought him to the disciples and said, look, my son is sick. And when Jesus came down, what did the disciples tell him? They said, we could not. We could not cast out the spirit. We could not. Meaning they tried, amen. They said, "Why couldn't we? We could not." That means they they did the same thing they saw Jesus do, but they did not have the result. Now, do you know that if Jesus came and the man didn't have the result, then they will have something to say. But the moment Jesus showed up, he cast out the spirit, amen. How? Why couldn't you do it? He said, because of your unbelief. Praise the Lord. Now, they did not know they, they, they had unbelief. Praise the Lord. They thought they had faith. Am I communicating? May you not leave here thinking what you don't have. Amen. May you live here knowing what you received. <laughs> Am I communicating? Praise the Lord. I made a statement many some years back, I was having a minister's conference, and I said, what makes ministry succeed is not accumulation of facts. It is depth of conviction. Amen. Let me say depth of conviction. Depth of conviction. Yes. So, you might know one thing, but that one thing you know, know it very well. Praise the Lord. Now, that's not my topic this morning. But I'm just helping someone. Praise the Lord. Because I said, He will cause those that love me to inherit substance. We read in Proverbs 8.21. They that love me will inherit substance. Why? He will lead them in the path of righteousness. And when He leads them there, they will lead, that they may inherit substance. Praise God. And then He will fill their treasuries. That means there's something righteousness will deliver into your life. Praise the Lord. Okay? Now, when the Bible talks about righteousness, we go back to Hebrews 5. I was reading verse 12, and we stopped at verse 12. It said, "When for the time you ought to be teachers. You've been born again long enough to be a blessing and a disciple to others. But you have me that won't teach you again. And that's why I, I said, if you didn't get it, submit to get it. Amen? I, I didn't get it. Only we were in a meeting some time ago and the preacher was teaching. Then I, I'm not I'm not always the best person sometimes to ask a question. You know, sometimes when pastors are preaching they ask for a question. You're me. I found that I'm not always the best person to ask a question because maybe um I'll I'll share this one, I'll share another one. So the preacher said something about something a scripture and he was explaining the truth, then he asked it, did you understand it? I said no. So, no I, I didn't understand it. I him, he said, Did you understand? It? I said no. So, he, he, he said it was clear, but he said, Did you understand? It? I said no. So he said, Eh? I said, I didn't, I didn't understand it. Now, because I'm sitting in front, he expected that maybe I'll just say yes. But I didn't understand it. Amen. I didn't understand it. Said, Sit it again. Amen. The second one is the one that happened with my friend, Reverend. Dr. Just attended. He was teaching. I think it he was here also. And in, when he was teaching, he gave an he was trying to give an illustration of um how um a parent treats the children the same or something like that, how God treats all children the same. But the example he was trying to give uh, the way he he the illustration he used he didn't click. Let me explain what I mean. So he now gave an example. And I said, if your daughter, Jemima, so, 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 I can't remember the exact details now. Now, I'm supposed to say no. Are you understanding me? But when you ask the question, if it actually happened, it would be a yes. Are you getting what I'm saying? So I say yes. So it's like I caused the illustration. Are you understanding me? You know, so like, if now your daughter comes, um, um something you didn't give to your son, and your daughter comes and says, Daddy, give me, will you give her? I say Yes. <laughs> Amen. He said, No, no, no. What I'm trying to say, I said, Yeah, but maybe it doesn't apply in your message, but I will give her. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Now, what I'm pointing out is if you didn't get it, be humble enough to learn it again. Amen. You know, all these is? we are talking about faith, praying in tongues. Laying hold. You've been hearing Lambano. If you don't understand it, please. I call somebody, teach me the thing. That's what we're talking about. I don't know. Teach me. Amen. Don't just be going along. Amen. Don't just be going along. I remember the brother that came to church. Not this place. When we were in the former venue for many, many years back. And came into the service. I saw him. He just walked into the service. bent his head like that. And then raised his head. So I said, what are you doing? And he thought he had done something wrong. He said, sir. I said, what are you doing? Why did you do that? He said, everybody is doing it. Now when they come to church, they bend their head, shake it like this. And then they stand up and then join the worship. So that's why I'm doing it. What do you think they are doing? He said, Does he doesn't know. I have to now explain to him that they are actually praying. Amen. Amen. And pretend their hearts to receive from the service. Amen. Praise God. So there are some of you here, you don't even know why we're shouting glory. 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 You just wake up and shout glory. Amen. You don't even know why we're shouting. Glory to God. Am I communicating? Now I'm not saying that you shouldn't participate in something good. But also find out so that you can get the best out of it. Amen. You know, when we were in um, secondary school, my school tried to teach us all the Nigerian languages, Yoruba, Hausa, Igbo, I attended all the classes. The one that was most fun for me was Hausa. And uh, um, we had this teacher. He was not very tall. You know. No, 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 he was not very tall. He was Smallish, very small. He looked like our classmate, but he who, and this was like in form two. From two, maybe we were like eleven years old or twelve. You understand that? So he looked like our classmate. So when he comes to class, before he comes to class, we we'll take the duster and put it up on this, you know, so that when he comes and then when he comes, he will look around and say, "Okay, look around," then he sees the duster. He has seen it. But he will just leave it there for a while. And we know that he's figuring out how he will bring it down. Are you understanding me? Then after a while, he will write, right, and then he needs we are waiting for when he needs to clean. <laughs> see, see, I've woken up now. That's the kind of thing you like. Amen. <laughs> All right, but that's not why I was telling this story. I was talking about. The glory yourself. So, this man, we call him, his name was Malam Tanku From time to time, he would say, I don't know if I'm in my is right now, Mungeli, that's like, understand? Huh? Huh? Uh-huh. Then we say, Eh, kungani, Thank you. You know? Kungeni that's understand? He say yes, we understand. Eh, thank you. So sometimes people are sleeping in class, and so when they say "Kungeni," everybody say "Hey Kungeni," So a, bro- a friend was sleeping in class. We were not. The class was quiet. Nobody was talking. Maybe from his dream, he thought they were shouting. He just stood up. E Kungeni. So know why we're doing what we're doing. Amen. Are we together? All right. Understand it for yourself. So now we're talking about righteousness. Don't behave like you already know. Understand it. Understand it based on how the scripture explained it, not what you assume it is. For when for the time you also be teachers, you have need that one teach you again. Which be the first principles of the office of God. And have become such as have need of what? Milk and not of strong meat. That means at this point in your life, what you need is milk. Say, no, no, I want, re- I want revelation. I want them to share the mystery of the flying school. Say, does your pastor teach about eight times? Does it talk about the seven seals? Has it told you what happened after they blew the fifth trumpet? But you don't even know what it means to be born again. What does it mean to be born again? You don't know. How do you use the name of Jesus? You don't know. How do you appropriate what Jesus has done for you? You don't know. You want to know flying school. Praise the Lord. Am I communicating? Listen, you must be careful to separate between curiosity and spiritual hunger. Amen? Some of you are naturally curious people. You just want to learn things. You just want to learn things. Two different things. Are we together? Yeah. Your pictures have been fantastic. Those of you taking the pictures. Amen. Fantastic. <laughs> well, the ones I've seen, you know. Fantastic. Great. Awesome. Even people that I know, they are not fine. They are fine in the picture. I know they are not fine, but they were fine in the picture. It's the glory of God. Amen. I'm joking, I'm joking. Alright. So, verse 13. For everyone, did it say some people? How many? How many? Everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for so he is a beast. This is where I want to focus my attention on. Let's read the amplified version of Hebrews 5.13. Yeah. Let's read together once to go. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will in purpose, Thought and action. For he is a mere infant not able to talk yet. Amen. Amen. Did you see that? Now, there are different Greek words to describe spiritual immaturity. There are different Greek words, several Greek words. Okay? There are times where the Greek word used is talking about. Little children that are your children. More like darling. Alright? Then there are times where the Greek word used, um, like when the word Drepos is used, it's talking about babies that were just born. They were just born. They were just born. That's, uh, you know how you go to the two-day-old child, the three-day-old child, you know. But here, it's not talking about that. As a matter of fact, the Greek word used here is the, one of the most common words used by Paul and even John. John also talked about spiritual growth. I hope you know that. He you read John chapter 2, um, into chapter 3, especially chapter 2? He talked about um, um, the elders, he talked about little children, he talked about the young men. Amen. Okay. So, but in Hebrews 5 13, the introduction there, go back there. Please, let me use the King James to explain this. He said, King James Version, he is a babe. He was a babe. An infant. Why is he an infant? He is unskilled in the word of righteousness. Why is he an infant? Infant there is not talking about a two-day-old baby, a three-day-old baby, no. it's talking about someone that is still a toddler, he cannot yet communicate. Amen. Amen. But spiritually, is talking about immature, an immature believer. Glory to God. He's still immature. The same word here, the Greek word used as base, nephew is the same word used in 1 Corinthians 3. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 3 from verse 1. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 3 from verse 1, Paul was writing. He said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. They have to talk to you like carnal people. Then say, Even as unto what? Babes in Christ. These babes do the same thing. They are Christians that are still immature. And how you locate their immaturity is how they talk. Amen. If you were listening over the phone and Someone called you over the phone, and then you heard a voice like, um, Good afternoon, um, am I speaking with um, John? As you heard, you know, he's a man talking. Is that not so? If you heard a voice like, Good afternoon. I, I understand to John Are you understand what I'm saying? The voice, the way the person is speaking, is telling you the person's level of maturity. In the realm of the spirit, you are also located by how you talk. Amen. Your speech can identify your level of maturity. Amen. So, the one that's referred to as a babe or nephews, as the Greek would call it, is the one that has not been able to talk the way he should talk. And because he is not be able to talk, even when you are talking to him, you have to talk to him. That's why some of you use baby language to talk to him. Say, "Hey, eh, eh, John, come, come." Maybe John or the little child, when he he say, "He's saying that," he say, "Dada," because because that's how he talks. You also talk to him. that will say, "Go to dada, go to dada." Why are you talking to him like that? Because that's how he understands. Amen. Amen. Am I communicating? So he's a babe. So Hebrews 5.13 13 is saying, For he, everyone that uses milk, is on un- the word unskillful means untrained. Everybody say untrained. Say untrained. Put it again. Another word is unschooled. Say unschooled. Another word to put it is uneducated. Amen. In the in the cause of righteousness. There's a cost righteousness package. In the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Righteousness one to one. He is uneducated. He's not done that cause yet. That curriculum is missing. And because it is missing, he will remain a babe. Amen. Because that is what is required for him to cross over from immaturity to maturity to be trained in righteousness. Amen. To be schooled in the doctrine of righteousness. Did you get that? Let me just add another scripture to you. First Corinthians thirteen verse ten. In First Corinthians thirteen ten, the scripture says, "But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away." Verse eleven is my focus. He now says, "When I was a child, what did I do?" I speak as a child. Amen. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, what happened? I put away, one of the things he put away is the way he talked. Amen. The way he spoke. That means that without the doctrine of righteousness established in your heart, you will be talking somehow. Amen. Are you listening to me? Now, basically, righteousness is right standing with God. Amen. That's a good definition. It's right standing with God. It's right standing with God. But listen to me. What is the effect of righteousness? What is the expected outcome of that right standing with God? That's what it means to be trained in righteousness. It's not enough for you to have the definition of righteousness. But you must have the outworking, amen, of that right standing with God in your life. Am I communicating? Yeah. And when it is there, it will change how you talk. In Isaiah fifty-four, verse 14. As a matter of fact, Isaiah 54, you know, is more like a New Testament scripture in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Because it is talking about what happens to the man that has come into the new covenant. Then look at it. It says, In righteousness shall thou be established. Being established means you have been trained in it. Amen. You are no more unskillful in the doctrine of righteousness. And because you are established in righteousness, that means the job of any church is to get you established in righteousness. Listen, we have a lot of things going on in the body of Christ today, and because of what is going on, some believers don't even know why they are born again. They think being born again is about getting a breakthrough. Are you understanding me? So they are going from one place to the other, looking for a breakthrough. Looking for breakthrough is not the reason for our salvation. Amen. Breakthrough is a byproduct. Amen. It's not the reason why we're saved. I'm looking for breakthrough. I'm looking for breakthrough. I need another breakthrough and another, another breakthrough. Because of breakthrough, you have seven prophets in your life. Only you. That if you have seven prophets in your life, you have seven confusion in your life. Amen. Glory to God. Listen, spiritual things and natural things, they are connected. Are you listening to me? God designed it that no matter what you do, you will have one person that will bring you into this world. How many fathers do you have? You can say, oh, this man is like a father, but we know he's not the father. Amen? Amen. He's like a father. Oh, this woman is like, oh, he's like my mother. But you have one. How many mothers? One. Amen. Paul made it clear. He said, we might have 10,000 instructors, but we have not many fathers. Amen. It is irresponsibility for you to have three pastors. You are irresponsible. Hear it from me. You can have several ministers of the gospel that bless your life. Who is your man of God? Ask your neighbor, who is your man of God? Amen. Well, it it depends. It depends. It depends. It depends. It depends. It depends. Which church is your church? If you are confused about which church is your church, that's a big problem. Amen. It's not like asking somebody, "Where is your house?" (laughs) It depends. On Mondays, I sleep in G R A. On Tuesdays, it depends. Sometimes, when I'm coming back, it is late. I enter Romola. I sleep. Then, but sometimes, like on Thursday or Friday, I sleep somewhere I know people. If somebody's talking to you like that, won't you think of him as irresponsible? In normal life, even when they ask to fill your form, they say residential address. They don't say residential addresses. That means the is one place you are staying. Amen. Are you with me? So, in the realm of the spirit, what's your residential address? Amen. Let me ask your neighbour. What's your, your what's your residential address in the spirit? Where's your residential address? Which one is your church? Amen. I don't pastor people that I am a third or a fourth pastor. I can only be a one pastor to somebody. Amen. If you have plenty pastors, allow those that have only one to enjoy me. Amen. Amen. Are you understand what I'm saying? Pastor, you are not calling me. Why would I call you? You have many people calling you. Amen. There is somebody that is only me that calls them. So I will call those ones. Praise the Lord. Why did I go into here? Amen. Alright, where I'm going to is this. The way you talk, your speech can locate you. Amen. But I went to Isaiah 54, verse 14. It says, In righteousness shall thou be established. That means you are set up in the understanding of your right standing with God. And then what will happen is, because you establish the righteousness, you will be far from oppression. Everybody say, Far from oppression. You know what it means to be oppressed? you know what it means to be oppressed? Go to Hebrews 10, sorry, Acts 10, Let me just show you oppression. Acts 10, 38. Acts 10, 38. We'll come back to Isaiah um, as 54. Let's read together. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. That means he's saying that sickness is an oppression of the devil. Say, say sickness is oppression. Say sickness is oppression. Say it again. Sickness and disease is oppression. Go back to Isaiah 54.14. Do you agree sickness and disease is oppression? Now Isaiah is saying that because we are establishing righteousness, you will be far from what? You will be far from what? And what is the oppression? Say you will be far from sickness and disease. Say, I'll be far from sickness and disease. Why is that so? Because you are established in righteousness. Amen. In righteousness you shall be established. Then you will be far from oppression. And I'm saying to you, embrace the understanding of righteousness. Amen. The outcome is that you'll be far from oppression. Then he says, For you shall not fear. And from Terror. For it shall not come near thee. Why? Because you are established in righteousness. Let's read further up to verse 17. You like 17 a lot. Behold, they shall surely gather together. All this is an outcome of righteousness, so It's not by deliverance prayer. They shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for your sake. Why? Because you are established in righteousness. Amen. Am I communicating? Yeah. They shall fall for your sake. Do you remember are falling for our sake? Amen. Verse 16. Behold, I have, tr- I have created a smith that bloweth the coal in the fire. And I bringeth forth an instrument for his work. I have created the waster to destroy. But he now says in verse 17. No weapon. Amen. No weapon. That is formed against thee. This is a product of your righteousness. Being established in righteousness. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Oh, years ago, I used to say it this way. No weapon formed, fashioned, crafted, made, invented, designed. Amen. Against thee shall prosper. It will not work. I say it will not work. I say it will not work. It will not prosper. Then he says, And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, you shall condemn. Why is he saying you will condemn? Because you know what to say. You are talking right. When you are establishing righteousness, you know how to talk. Amen. So you will condemn. Amen. To so condemn means that you will nullify. Amen. Then, to make you understand that everything is based on righteousness, read the last part. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Are you seeing that? So all of verse 14 to 17 is a product of your righteousness. Being established in righteousness. Glory to God. Now the Bible says that Abraham believed God. Genesis 16.3 And it was counted unto him for righteousness. In Romans 4, that scripture was quoted again. And it was explaining that Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. There's a difference between the righteousness Abraham had and the righteousness that you have. Amen. Okay, let me put it better. The deal you have is better than what Abraham had. Amen. Now, for Abraham... Let's read from Romans 4. Um, I think from verse yeah, 3. For what said the scripture? Let's read it there. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Amen. It was counted unto him for what? For righteousness. What does it mean counted? What does scripture mean by counted? The Greek word there. Lodizomai. It actually means credited. Are we together? Like when someone's taking an inventory, and then he says, um, it's just like um okay, let's read for that we're explaining it. Go down to verse 4. He now says, Now to him that walketh is the word not reckoned of grace, but of death. Keep going. Verse 5. But to him that walketh not, but believeth on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. He has given us the definition of righteousness by telling us that justification is righteousness. Amen. 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 But believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Faith is counted. Faith is counted. Faith is counted. Paul, give me the NLT here. Let me just explain it again. It now says. Uh, no, that's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, I'm looking for another word. Um, a message. Give me a message. I'm looking for another word instead of counted. Thank you. Uh, that's not what I'm looking for. Uh, give me amplified. There's a word I'm looking for. Thank you. That's it. Let's go. But to the one who, not walking by the Lord, trusts, believes fully in him who justifies and ungodly, his faith is what? Credited. Everybody say credited. To him as what? righteousness, the standing acceptable to God. Now, what he's explaining is that because Abraham believed God, his account balanced. Amen. Are you understanding? Because of believing God, it was counted that he had faith. His faith was valued as righteousness. Amen. Am I communicating? Did, did you get it? If you didn't get it, say I didn't get it. Uh So, his faith, his belief, his trust in God was recorded as righteousness. You know, there are times where, I don't know what would be the best illustration to give, but there are certain things that um, we do. Maybe you went to um, the bank. And then you you gave them a document. What you gave them was um, uh, a landed document, a property. And you gave it to them. Then they look at it and say, well, um, this document, they check out the land and then they say, okay, we value it at 100 million naira. So they take that paper. And then they say, you gave us 100 million. Amen. But you didn't count 100 million and give to them. You say, document you gave to them. But the value of that document is to them, a 100 million. Amen. Am I communicating? I don't know if that makes sense. Now, Abraham's faith was credited as righteousness. That means the righteousness Abraham had was an imputed righteousness. Everybody imputed. Imputed. Meaning that God considered him, listen to what I'm saying now, considered him righteous because he trusted God. But now, for us in Christ Jesus, we don't only have imputed righteousness, we have imparted righteousness. Are you hearing me? Now, no, he couldn't have imparted righteousness because Jesus has not yet died and resurrected. Amen. The righteousness is imparted to us because of the work of the Holy Spirit that happens when we believe. Now, remember that the moment Jesus Christ died on the cross, Romans 4, 25. Amen. He was delivered again for our offenses. And was raised again for our justification. That means the moment Jesus was raised, righteousness has been credited already. Amen. To everybody's account. But the day you believed, That's why, the reason why a man is going to hell is not because he lied, he fornicated. He's going to hell because he did not believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Am I communicating? Because Jesus had paid. The penalty for sin, he had paid it. So, what is the sin now you are committing? Not believing. Amen. Am I communicating? Alright. Now, so, he was raised again for our justification, so paid for. But there is a vital work, that is the legal thing Jesus had done. The vital work now is, the day you heard the gospel and believe, the Holy Spirit goes beyond the fact that righteousness has been created to you to impart the nature of righteousness into your spirit. That's why the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he had made, us, made him to be seen for us he knew that we might be made. Amen. That's not talking about crediting righteousness. We are made the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Are you listening to me? We are made. So, righteousness is started to you. When I thought on this the first time, I explained. Righteousness is both an authority and an ability. Remember that? Authority means that because of righteousness, you have a right to stand before God and pray. Father, and he will answer you. Because of righteousness is a right. Amen. You also have a right to say, Satan, stop. Why? Because of righteousness. And Satan should obey you. Amen. Did you get that? But beyond that, righteousness is also an ability, an enablement. It's not just a right; it's an enablement for you to live right. Amen. That's why I read to you from First Corinthians fifteen verse thirty-four. He said, "Awake to righteousness, amen, and sin not." Why? Because when you awake to that nature of righteousness, it will produce right living in your life. Amen. Am I communicating? So say with me: "Say righteousness is an enablement for me to live right." The righteousness is a right to approach God. It's also a right to confront Satan and circumstances. Righteousness is an ability to live like the word of God. It's an impartation. Some of you are not you are the one that you are having sin problems. Talk. Look at me. You are turning, you're looking at another thing. Look at me. Amen. Say, righteousness is an ability to be honest. Righteousness is an ability to live above immorality. It's that impartation. Understand it. Praise God. So, you didn't just receive a right, you received an ability. Glory to God. Are we together? You received an ability so you can do, you can do the right thing. You 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 can resist temptation. Amen. Am I communicating? You you have the ability. Say I have the ability to resist temptation. I can say no to temptation. Amen. Listen, we need believers to start sharing testimony of how they resisted temptation. If they're not sharing that, testimony, that means they're not resisting the temptation. How many of you were tempted? When was the last time you were tempted? Some of you are the ones tempting sin. Amen. Sin is on its own. Say. <sighs> oh. Why are you not sharing your testimony? Henceforth, when we go back to our chapter, start sharing testimony how you resisted temptation. Did you hear me? Uh-huh. Share your testimony. We want to, next Thursday service, let somebody share a testimony. It's not possible that between Sunday and Thursday you do not resist temptation. Share your testimony. It could be your office. They were trying to get you to do a fraudulent thing. You resisted it. Shame. Yes. They were trying to lure you into immorality. You resisted it. Shame. Yes. Someone trying to make you say the wrong thing or lie for them. You resisted temptation. Shame. Yes. Ask your neighbor, have you not been tempted? How come I never heard? I never heard? Amen. Yeah. If you think I never heard it because you know sometimes you know you just keep quiet. So righteousness, the ability to resist temptation is at work in you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. If the things you receive in this convention You sit with them. Everybody will hear. Amen. Everybody will know that something has happened. Lift your right hand. Say, I submit to be trained in righteousness, to grow in my understanding of righteousness to be established in righteousness in the name of Jesus let's rise to our feet everywhere and just thank the Lord for this morning thank him thank him this morning blessed be his name oh we give you glory we thank you we thank you thank you for listening to this message if you have been blessed you can reach us by email on info at face 2 org or call us on 234 You are big, blessed, and noted.